This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. This week, Tina Turner passed away at 83 years old. Tina was a living legend, the queen of rock and roll, and a personal inspiration to me. But despite selling millions of records, performing sold-out shows all over the world, winning 12 Grammys, and being a two-time inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I still don't think Tina gets the credit she's due. And she agreed. You're a major star here. You're a superstar in America. Not as big as Madonna. I'm as big as Madonna in Europe. I'm as big as, in some places, the Rolling Stones. In Europe. In Europe. Tina found a home in Europe. She passed away in her villa in Switzerland years after stepping back from the spotlight and prioritizing her own peace after a painful childhood, a traumatic first marriage, and a triumphant career. Today, author and journalist Danielle Smith and I are giving Tina her due. We're looking at her indelible legacy and asking what heaven might be like for a rock star who overcame incredible obstacles, fought her way to the top, and wrote her own happy ending. And a warning, there will be some discussion of intimate partner violence. Danielle Smith, welcome. Welcome back to It's Been a Minute. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you, Brittany. We're here, of course, to talk about the illustrious Tina Turner. What is your favorite Tina moment? It, it, it could be a performance or an interview or an album cover or a memory from your own life. I think I had to have been eight, nine. I don't even think I was 10. And hearing the intro to Proud Mary on the radio. You know? It just sounded so magical. And she has this line that says, you don't have to worry if you got no money. People on the river are happy to get it. And I just thought to myself, I want to go to the river. <laughs> like when you're a kid, you're just so, if you're lucky, you're so pure of heart. Then you hear something like that and you don't even know what it is, but it just, hmm. it, it, it changes your life a little bit in that moment. She had so much dexterity as a performer. I mean, she could go big, you know, at a, at a sold out stadium, you know, with a full backing band, but she could also shine 
when the instrumentals were pared down and just give us pure vocals. He's like, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear what I can do. There's so many songs where she decides you're going to hear me. You know, I, I want to talk about a performance she did in 1996 where she sang Let's Stay Together. And it's just Tina and an acoustic guitar and the vocals are just incredible. Let me be the one you'll come running to. Oh, I'll never be Tina is such a big stadium performer that it's unusual to see her in that kind of context and really be able just to hear the purity of her voice. It is really, really, really impressive. But also when I hear her, I also hear the influence of her singing style. (laughs) I can hear so many other artists like a prism, (laughs) you know, just coming through. And one note that she sings just in her own style, I feel like I can hear a cornucopia of other, you know, musical acts to follow her. I think that you're absolutely right. And I think it was one of the motivations for her to stay on track for a comeback. Hmm. If you think about it, there's a lot of Black women artists from the 50s and 60s and 70s where we say, but are you familiar with Ann Peebles, though? Are you familiar with Marlena Shaw? Like, these Hmm. Black women vocalists who didn't get bigger than they got. And so it's much easier to steal from them and not be called on it. Because they're just not that famous. They Mm. look like they're screaming bitter grapes from the sidelines. And Tina knew that if she allowed her whole career to be just what she did with Ike Turner, that she was going to be in a similar situation. Her career would have stopped when she was, what, 39? And we all would have said... Don't you remember? What was that lady's name again that Ike was married to? Was her name Mary? (laughs) It would have been like that. Exactly. We should sample her because she's such a rare and dusty groove. And let me tell you something. Miss Tina Turner, in a time when she didn't even know yet what a dusty groove was going to be, knew she was not going to be that. And we need to acknowledge the impact she had on so many performers that are now rock and roll legends. You know, people like Mick Jagger, who, you know, stood in the wings and watched Tina perform. And when they were on tour together and she saw him take bits and pieces of her performance and quote unquote, make them his own, let's say, or people like Rod Stewart. Let's say. Let's say. Let's say. Let's say. Uh, But but, yeah, I want to talk about what she overcame to get to that point because she became a rock god in her 40s, which is rare for rock and roll. As you've mentioned for many reasons, as you've laid out, even more rare for a Black woman. You know, there's talent and she has that, but there's also strategy. I, I wonder if you see any particularly savvy moves she pulled to make that happen for herself. I think that you're right, that it's strategy, definitely, that she doesn't get credit for. Um, I think it's also charm. 
I think there's probably not a man that's ever met Tina Turner that wasn't halfway or all the way in love with her and probably some women too. There's not enough that can be said. I think it was three nights at the Ritz in New York City, which was a calculated move to get everybody Mm -hmm. out that had ever liked her during that Ike era to come out and see that she's still the rock and roll queen. And it worked. She and her manager, they literally just got on the phones Mm. and called everybody that they knew. Every publicist, every manager, every songwriter, every star. Hey, how are you doing? It's Tina. I Mm. know we haven't spoken in a while. Hey, what are you going to be in New York this week? Now, we know the humility and the difficulty of doing that kind of thing. And she was doing it. And they turned up. And the world never been the same since then. She came out sweating, barely any clothes on. You know, like the photos from that night, it makes Studio 54 look like like, like Disneyland. (laughs) I don't even know what. So my lightning rod moment for gaining a deeper appreciation for Tina as a human being and a woman was reading her first memoir, I, Tina. I read it when I was about 20. And um, she goes into detail about the abuse she suffered from Ike Turner, her first husband. And it was so powerful to me because to really understand what all she survived. And so many people like me drew strength and inspiration from her story. But then there were others who reduced her to the abuse. And you saw it happen in interviews. You see it in jokes and song lyrics, quite more than a few hip hop lyrics including on Drunken Love, where there are jokes or references to her abuse. I'm Ike, turn up, turn up, baby, no, I don't play. Now eat the cake, anime, say eat the cake. And, you know, she said in her later interviews, Tina said in her later interviews and in uh, the 2021 HBO documentary about her called Tina, um, and, and she said in an interview with Oprah in 2013 that she wrote about her abuse so she'd never have to talk about it again. I wasn't interested in telling that ridiculously embarrassing story of my life. But I felt that's one way I could get the journalist off my back. And yet, she was asked about it for the rest of her life. How do we think about her legacy as a survivor when coming forward took such a toll on her? One, I think it's ruthless the way people have acted. And you saw it um, Hmm. with Whitney Houston and uh, her challenges with substance abuse. Mm. There's no sympathy or empathy. Are you smoking crack? Hmm. These are the kinds of things that get thrown at these women. And it's it's ruthless. I feel like people forget that when she wrote that book, people were not just out here in 1986, I think the book was, just out here willy-nilly talking about the abuse that they had suffered in, in, in like meticulous detail. You know, someone might write a book and say, Mm -hmm. it was terrible at my house when I was growing up. You know, sometimes my husband would get mad and he would hit me or, you know, there were like safer ways to say things than to get into like Mm -hmm. the textures and the smells and the blood and the guts of someone mentally and physically abusing you, which is what she did. I mean, Tina Turner was writing about gaslighting before we were all calling it gaslighting. Mm. 
Mm. You highlight Tina um, as one of, unfortunately, many Black women in pop music who allegedly dealt with intimate partner violence, like Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Lena Horne. And beyond that, Tina had a really hard young life. She was abandoned as a child, and she picked cotton. Like you say, coming from a family of sharecroppers in the South, yes. she picked cotton as a child. And yet, Tina Turner is one of the few Black women in music who, from those older generations, from those previous generations, who seem to get her happy ending. It, it, it's hard to survive as a Black woman in pop music. And we've lost so many of our stars to violent deaths, yes. poor health, addiction. We've seen that yes. some of them deal with poverty and bankruptcy, not being able to get proper credit for their artistry. And Tina, she did more than survive. She did more than than simply thrive. I mean, you know, despite how she felt about the triumph narrative, Tina triumphed. I think she's the poster woman for boundaries. Poster woman. Hmm. Behind her is, and it is probably only Sade, and then after that is probably only Janet. Those girls hmm. don't come outside. They know how they get treated when they're outside. They are so serious about their peace hmm. and their safe space. I want to drill into that that idea of peace, safe space, happiness um, a little bit more because it appears that Tina really genuinely had that. I mean, she wrote a book about helping people find happiness, like tips to find happiness that she put out in 2020. Mm-mm. I mean, you don't write a book about how to help others find happiness unless you you really feel like you have it. And like you said, she's also a, a poster child. She's also a role model for saying that like working is not the be-all, end-all. Our producer, Corey Antonio, was struck by this discussion in a 2013 interview Tina had with Oprah, where Tina talked about paring down her life and really focusing on the people around her. And, and for her to sit in her old age was was really nice to see. Uh, but there's this amazing moment where she talks about her morning routine. When I get up in the morning and I go and sit, I have a, a big chair in my room where I meditate. I sit there to finish waking up. Inside of me is the first is a feeling of, I say, I give thanks for this feeling. It's a feeling comes over you of wellness, of uh, a free, no schedule, nobody bothering you, nothing in the way. Just that moment of you sitting there where you want to be. Just totally at peace. I mean, she, she even had to that point a polished bronze sign on the front of her home asking visitors in both English and German that they not ring the doorbell before noon. I mean... Why am I not living that life? (laughs) That's beautiful. I I appreciate this idea of this this bronze sign. Because I want one for my (laughs) spot that I know no one will pay, pay attention to. But I also just think of the photos of her on stage, triumphant by herself, having done what she said she was going to do. I'm just so very proud of her. Hmm. I am so proud that she literally just said, 
I am going to be bigger than I was when I was with my husband, my first husband. No one is taking this for me. And as a matter of fact, I'm about to do it just exponentially on an exponentially larger level. I want to hear, because let's not act like just because she was at peace, she didn't appreciate that applause. She didn't get enough. She did not get the credit that she should have. But when I see her in her big hair and her mini skirts at the age of 51 or 52, healthy, still influencing Mm. the younger generations, with her arms up in triumph like that, I just, I'm so proud of her. It It's an inspiration. You know, something we've been talking about is just the, the relative paradise it sounded like Tina was able to enjoy in her later years. What do you think, with that in mind, what do you think Tina's heaven is like? Because to me, it it sounds like she had at least a good slice of it um, here on Earth that she, in her later years that she was able to enjoy. But I, I want to I want to hear from you. What what do you think Tina's have? Don't give me what do you think? No. Don't you do it, Brittany. <laughs> I have been so together. What is her heaven, girl? I know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful childhood, girl. Please. It's not picking cotton at 11. It's mm. playing patty cake with your friend and having hot dogs and hamburgers and lemonade whenever you want it and like double dutching and like having teachers that are telling you how brilliant you are every day and having voice coaches and running races against boys barefoot and winning and all that's having to get that back. Listen. Oh, God, now I'm crying. I know she's running in a sundress somewhere and it's safe. Nobody's going to steal you. No one's going to touch you. You're just going to have fun with your friends. Hmm. At least that's what I want for her. I just picture her in ponytails. I do. Getting those years. Getting those years. Oh, gosh, your vision for Tina's heaven. I hope that she is there right now doing all the things you laid out. Um, and I, I I, feel like a lot of listeners are going to be of the same mind and heart. Danielle, thank you so, so much um, it, it, for coming on the show today. I, I think we've all been in mourning this week, uh, but there's nobody that I would rather unpack Tina's life and legacy with than you. So thank you so much. Brittany, thank you so much for having me. That was Danielle Smith. Her latest book is titled Shine Bright, a very personal history of Black women in pop. Have you signed up for It's Been a Minute Plus yet? Becoming a Plus subscriber is a great way to support the work we're doing here at NPR. And you'll get to listen to this show without any sponsor breaks. So head on over to plus.npr.org slash it's been a minute to find out more. And to everyone who's already signed up, thank you so, so much. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Barton Girdwood, Alexis Williams, Liam McBain, Corey Antonio Rose. Our editor is Jessica Placek. Engineering support came from Josh Newell. Our executive producer is Verilyn Williams. 
Our VP of Programming is Yolanda Sangueni. Our Senior VP of Programming is Anya Grundman. All right. That's all for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast.